you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. In Jesus' name. Why don't you step across an aisle before you're seated, shake hands with somebody, let them know how good they look and how happy you are to see them in the house of the Lord. Man, if I could preach as good as he can uh, play the organ, we'd really have church tonight. Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter number 25, we find that Isaac and Rebekah are pregnant and they're having two sons and Isaac is the son of Abraham and we. Becca is pregnant with two sons, and, and, and she's giving um, birth in Genesis chapter 25, and the Bible tells us that she has two sons, and Esau and Jacob, and the Bible says that Esau was the first, and Esau, as he's coming out, that they see something that's the only time that we've ever seen this, that as Esau is coming out, that there's something grasped around his heel and is, is the hand of Jacob. And we understand that Jacob is named this because his very name means heel grabber. If you will, what you have to understand is that in biblical times it would be the first um, born that would get the inheritance, but not only the inheritance, but it was the first born that would get the um, blessing of his father. And as they welcome the first born into the world, they see that there is a younger brother with his hand grasped around his ankle. And his name is Jacob. Somebody say Jacob. And Jacob, from the time of his um, birth, what we find is all Jacob is concerned with is that his father would not forget him. As a matter of fact, from that point forward, we find over and over that they asked Jacob, what do you want? And he said, would you bless me? And so the Bible tells us that Esau's out in the field because his father sends him out to go and to get a harvest. And, and he comes in and he says, Jacob, could you fix me something to eat? Because if I don't eat something right now, I, I, I won't be okay. And the Bible says 
that Jacob looks at Esau and he says, Esau, I'll fix you some food if only you will sell me your birthright. And Esau looks at Jacob and he says, what good is a birthright going to do me if I die here? And, and Jacob says, no, Esau, I want you to promise me that the birthright from this point forward, if I feed you, that the birthright belongs to me. And Esau says, okay, Jacob, if you'll just feed me, I'll sell you my birthright. And we find that in this verse that Jacob takes advantage of him and the birthright is sold to him. And then, and then we find in Genesis chapter 27 that Isaac realizes that his time on earth is going to be very short. And he says, would you fetch Esau unto me? And Esau comes unto him. And he says, Esau, I want you to go out and I want you to get me something to eat. And when, I, and when you come back and I eat of your um, venison, then I will bless you. And the Bible says that Rebekah hears the words of Isaac. And she runs to the younger son, Jacob. And she says, Jacob, I've heard the words of your father. And you have to understand that when your older brother Esau returns, that your father is going to eat and then he will bless him. And you see, to most people, when we hear what's going on, we would stop and say, why would Rebecca try to deceive him? But the Bible tells us that in Genesis chapter number 25, that within her there is a struggle in between her two sons. And she asks of the Lord, she says, God, what is going on? And he's saying, there is a fight between two people, and these two people, they, they will become divided, and the older will serve the younger, and so what Rebecca is doing in this verse is she's saying, I remember that the Lord told me that while the um, birth um, right might rightfully belong to Esau, the Lord told me that the birthright belongs to Jacob. And so the Bible says that she tells him, she says, Jacob, you've got to go unto your father and, and you have to be blessed by him. And he says, how will I ever be, um, be um, blessed by him and she says, Well, you understand your father, he can't see. And so, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go put hair on your arm and you're gonna go in and you're gonna say, Father, would you would you feel my arm and you'll know that I'm Esau. And so the Bible says that he fixes his father something to eat. And he goes in unto his father and he says, Father, it is Esau, and he said, you don't sound like Esau, and he said, would you feel my arm, and Isaac feels his arm, and he says, it is my son Esau, and he eats that which Jacob has prepared for him, and after that he is eaten, the Bible says, then he blessed Jacob. And the Bible says that Jacob quickly left the presence of his father, 
And he became afraid because he understood that what he had done really wasn't okay in the eyes of his father. But he knew that from the time he was a child that he had a promise that there was a blessing that belonged to him. And you see, the Bible says that then Esau came in from the field and he said, Father, it's your son. And he said, who is it? And he said, it's your son, Esau, your firstborn. And he said, Esau, but you were just here. Esau said, no, I wasn't. And he said, but I just blessed you. Esau stops. He becomes angry. He says, what do you mean you bless me, Father? It's me. And the Bible says that his father then says, I know what has happened. Your younger brother, he has deceived me, and I have blessed him. And he said, Father, what's going to happen to me? And he said, you will serve your younger brother. The Bible tells us that from this point that Esau becomes jealous and he begins to hate his younger brother because he feels like that he has stolen what belonged to him because by his birthright it belonged to him. Because he was older, it belonged to him. And so we find ourselves in a struggle in between that which should have belonged to him by society and that which should have belonged to Jacob by a word from the Lord. And the Bible says that Isaac calls Jacob in in Genesis 28, and he blesses him again, and he says, Isaac, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to go somewhere else, and, and I'm going to send you to Laban, and here you're going to find your spouse, and not only will you find your spouse Jacob, but I'm sending here, I'm sending you here because you're gonna flee from your very life. You see, from the time he was a child, he's reaching for a blessing, and then and then the blessing meant so much to him that he said, Would you sell it to me? And what I find very odd is that the Bible tells us that who the blessing rightfully belonged to, he was so easily to give it up because, because when it already belonged to you when you already have what you think you need. You don't really appreciate it, but it seemed like the one who needed something, it meant so much to him. He said, I'm going to grab it with everything that I have within me. And then the Bible says that Jacob leaves and he becomes alone. And somewhere in his journey from Beersheba to Haran, he finds himself alone. And he lays his head down. The Bible says that he begins to have a vision. And he sees a great stairway and he sees angels ascending and descending. And he said that he looks up and he sees the Lord. And the Lord gives him a word. And the Lord gives him a promise. And the Lord speaks something to him. And he understands that in the middle of a problem, let alone a problem he had created for himself, but in the middle of an adversity that he had brought upon himself, he had found himself in the presence of an almighty God. And the Bible says that he wakes up from where he is. And he says, I didn't realize where I was, but I'm going to name this place Bethel. And I'm going to name this place Bethel because this is the house of God. 
And the Bible says that right after he had deceived his father and right after he'd taken what wasn't his, that he builds a monument unto the Lord. And the Bible says he anoints it with oil and he calls it the house of God. You see, what he did not understand in the scripture is that what he was seeing was he was seeing a foreshadowing. Because you see, he went from the home of his father where he desired it and he took it to now God brings him into a place where he is alone. And now not only does he say that he wants it and receives it, but now he sees something that is ahead of him. And he says, Lord, if you'll bring me through my trial, one day I will receive return to the land of my father and when I return unto the land of my father then you will be my God the Bible says that he journeys forward he has a wife he not just has one wife but he has two wives and now he's returning home and then the Bible says that Jacob hears that Esau is coming after him and that there's 400 men with Esau And he becomes very afraid because he understands that Esau is angry at him. He understands that he's taken something that should not have been his. And he says, the Bible says he becomes afraid and he divides his house into two. And he says, I want to send you this way and now I'm going to send you that way. And the Bible says that he isolates himself away from everybody else the same way that he did on his journey away from home. This is the same thing that he's doing on his journey back towards home. The Bible says that he isolates himself and he begins to pray and he says, Lord, I understand understand that I'm not worthy of your blessing. I understand that I've done everything wrong, but Father, I'm not asking you to bless me. I'm asking you just to protect me. Doesn't it seem like too many times when we find ourselves right at the very brink of having to answer for the things that we've done right when it seems like that everything from our past, from our present and going into our future is caught up with us that then all of a sudden we say now God I need you to answer me and the Bible says that he speaks these things unto the Lord and then he goes and while he's alone he lays his head down once again but something begins to happen in the middle of the night. The Bible says that a man comes in unto where he's at. Hang on with me. We're going to go somewhere here in just a minute. The Bible says that when he finds himself alone just like three Hebrews just like so many before him and after him that when he finds himself alone that then somebody comes in to the room with him. When he finds himself about to have to answer. When he finds himself finally fixed to reach the point where he'll have to pay for everything that he's done. When his problems have caught up with him. When his failures have caught up with him. When his sickness has caught up with him. That now he finds himself face to face with somebody and he doesn't understand what's going on. But this is what he does understand. That he is alone and he has nobody. He doesn't know what's happening but he knows that there's something where he is and the Bible says that when the man and walks in that he reaches out and he grabs him and the Bible says he began to wrestle him to 
and fro all night. The Bible says they toss and they turn. They fight with everything within him. And the Bible says that as he began to fight and as he began to wrestle, that as the day began to draw nigh, that this man looked forward at him and he said, you must let me go for the day breaketh. And and Jacob looks back at this man the same way that he had looked at his brother coming out of the womb and the same thing that he had told his mother and the same thing that he told his father he said I'll not let you go man until you bless me and the angel or the man what the Bible calls him says what do you want from me he says I want you to bless me and the man looks at him and they still begin to fight and the man understood you see what you must understand is the Bible makes you think that he's wrestling with an angel and he's winning a fight with an angel so you have a man that is so determined that he will be blessed by God that it wasn't enough to grab the heel of his brother or to deceive his father but when something comes into the room with him He said, I now have a chance that the thing that I fought for my entire life, you see, from the womb, I should not have been blessed. From my father, I should not have been blessed. But he had a desire within him that he said, no matter what I've got to do, who I have to fight, what I've got to say, I've got to be blessed by somebody and the Bible says that the man looks at him and he says your name's not going to be Jacob any longer but now I will name you Israel you see that still wasn't enough for him you see the Bible says that before that this angel says this to him that as he is wrestling that this angel says he's winning the fight I don't know what to do right now so the Bible says that this angel takes his hand and he touches him in the hollow of his hip and his hip goes out of joint and he begins to feel pain rush through him and you see he has a disadvantage now he has a handicap now but the Bible says that even through the pain and even through the fight that he still would not let go until this man blessed him and then the Bible says I'll now name you Israel Israel. And then the Bible says after that, that this man looks at him and, and, um, and, and, and it says that after he had named him Israel, that he said that you have power with God and with men. And then Jacob looks at the man and he asks him, he says, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask my name? And the Bible says that he blessed him there. You see, unbeknownst to Jacob, the name Israel that had been given unto him, it was the name that meant I have seen the face of God. And so what you must understand is that 
after he'd messed up everything in his life, after he'd failed over and over, after he had done things that to most people weren't right, that after every mistake catches up to him, after he has to isolate himself, after he runs away from his home, that this is the place that he was blessed. And the most people that were in a fight, you see professional fights, they last about 20 minutes. And you see at the end of the fight, they're bleeding and they're bruised and they're battered. And it seems like everything has been taken away from him. But you see, the Bible says that he doesn't just fight for 20 or 30 minutes, but that Jacob fights with a man all night. And that after he blesses him, and after he renames him, this is what the Bible says. It says that he calls the name of the place Peniel. And it means, for I have seen God face to face. I have seen God face to face. His name, meaning I've wrestled with him. The place that he resides in currently, meaning I've seen him face to face. You see, the Bible goes through all of this. It shows us all of these things where we understand that he fights his whole life. He's fighting his whole life. There's always something going on. There's always something. And it seems like that every single fight in his life, everything that he'd gone through, first he was ordained to be blessed by his father because of a struggle. Then he was ordained to see a vision from God in a place called Bethel because he had to run away. But what we must understand about the life of Jacob is that he never grabbed the heel of his brother. Had he never deceived his father. Had he never been one who failed and one who had deceived, he would have never found himself in a situation where he could be face to face with an almighty God, I begin to read this and I begin to ask the Lord. I felt something come over me sitting in my house. And I, and I begin to pray. I said, God, what are you trying to speak to your people tonight? And he said, you're going to preach to a people tonight that understand what it means to fight and understand what it means to to." struggle and understand what it means to feel like that they have to flee from where they are because of the problems of their past. But I want you to go tell my people that I have ordained their struggle because I am positioning them for blessing. I said I am positioning them for blessing. You see, I started to ask God. I said, God, how are you going to do it? Sister Tiffany, could you stand up for me? You see, Sister Tiffany came into the house of God. Sister Tiffany, you only came because you needed a healing in your body, didn't you? Well, for the most part. You see, Sister Tiffany came into the house of God because of something that was going on in her life. Not only did she receive a healing in her body, but then she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. Sister Tiffany, let me tell you something. You might have felt like that it was just a problem and just a circumstance. But God positioned you for a blessing. Come on. 
And let me just preach to somebody in this place right now that you felt like you've been fighting hell in your life. And you've asked God, why have you allowed me to remain sick? Why have you allowed me to have to deal with hell in my life? You might feel like God has forgotten about you. But you are about to have a Jacob encounter. You see everything in his life. Everything that he'd gone through all came together in one point where he sees something before him. He sees a man before him, and he feels something in his spirit that tells him he's got to reach out and grab it. Can I just preach to somebody in this house that you've been waiting, you've been asking God, you've been praying for a miracle, and you see you come into the service after service, and you feel things coming through the room, and you feel words from God, and you feel promises from God, and you're waiting on it to just smack you right in the face with it. I just need to tell somebody in this house that after everything that he's been through, that after everything that he went through, nobody was going to force him to grab a hold of his blessing. But there was something in the spirit of Jacob that he says, I will not let go of the thing that I fought for my entire life. He said, I finally got in the presence. I finally, after everything that I've been through, everywhere that I've gone, everything that I've said, every problem that I've had, I finally made it to the point where I've got the opportunity to reach out and grab a hold of something that I know will bless me. There's somebody in this room tonight that you've been praying for an answer. You've been asking the Lord to do something for you, and you felt the Holy Ghost sweep into this room through the song service and you felt things spoken to you. Could I preach to somebody tonight that you've got to make up in your mind that I've got to reach out and to grab a hold of the thing that I've been fighting for my entire life. You see, I'll never forget growing up going through a lot of stuff and there were many situations that happened in my life that I that I learned how to lean on God but it seemed like time after time that the Lord would bring me through over and over and over and I'll never forget the point you see most of you've heard the most of you have heard this several several times maybe a few of you haven't but I'll never forget the point after after I'd um, experienced a great tragedy in my personal um, life and and, uh, and 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 I was asking the Lord you know God do you do you do you even see what's happening and I'll never forget uh, I was I was kind of lost and trying to figure out where to go from here. I'd been in an accident, and an individual had got killed in it, and and uh, and there was a lot of feelings and emotions that begin to come over me, and, and I was just trying to make sense of all of the hell that's gone on, and 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 and, and I'll never forget. I looked at my mom, and I said, "Mom, I, I I just I just I just don't think that I can do it any any longer." And and she looked back at me, and she said, "Gentry." Are you really going to let go of the thing that you fought for your entire life? You see, most people didn't know it growing up, but there were several things. When I was six years old, I was taken advantage of, and 
and went through a great deal of confusion because of something that had happened to me that I couldn't help. And, and then when I was 12, I was told by someone that, that was very, very dear to me that I'd never be able to answer a call of God. And then at 16, having to deal with, with, with somebody else getting killed because of something that I, at the time, felt like that I had done. And, and, then, at, and then at 17, having, having, having most everybody in my life turn away from me and 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 uh, and 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 feeling feeling this great deal of loneliness and and I'll never forget sitting on my couch trying to make sense of it all contemplating suicide and depression had come over me and I began to ask the Lord I said God what what are you doing in the midst of this God where where are you in the midst of my trial and I picked up this handgun and I lifted it up to my head and I wanted to end everything and I if I ever heard the voice of God, I heard it right then, and he said, don't forget what I've already brought you through. And I'll never forget sitting there as tears begin to flow down my face. It was 2 a.m. I was home all by myself. I went back up. I put the gun up, and I started to walk. I didn't know where I was going. I made my way down to the old church at Delphi Avenue, put the key in the door. Nobody was in there. I found myself alone. I made my way down a center aisle, and I crawled down to the altar. Tears began to weep down my face. I said, God, I just need you to do something. I just need to know that you're out there. And I'll never forget the feeling that came over me that night when the Lord told me, you see, I couldn't see everything. But I almost felt like Jacob on his way away from home when he could see angels ascending and descending. I'll never forget looking up and feeling like I could feel the Holy Ghost in the room. And I begin to say, God, it's the first time I felt you in months. And I started just to ask God. I said, God, I don't know what to do from here. And I didn't really feel anything. I, I didn't know what was going on, but I lifted up my hands and I said, God, I give you everything tonight. And I felt the Holy Ghost just speak one word to me. I said, God, I just need to know that you're still with me. And the Holy Ghost spoke and he said, I never left you. He said, I never left you. I took that word. I don't know how long I prayed. I got up. I walked back home trying to figure out what was going on. My parents came home the next day. I told them, I said, Mom, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I feel like I need to move off to St. Louis. I'm going to go to Bible college. And I'm, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I just feel like I need to go. They said, Gentry, if you feel like you need to, we just want you to go on ahead. I left for St. Louis. I got there. I went through hell on earth. I questioned my call. I questioned my salvation. I questioned every promise that God had ever given unto me. I, so then I came home from St. Louis. I was broken. I said, God, I don't know if you're here. I don't, I don't know what to do from here. I had a man call me. He said, Gentry, why don't you just go back and go over to IBC and just see what God does? I said, man, I don't feel like I can take anymore. He said, Son, you just need to go. I said, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I told mom and dad, I said, I know I just went to one college, but I feel like I need to do this. I said, Gentry, if that's what you feel like, we want you to go. I didn't understand why I was going to IBC. I sat through every class. I questioned my salvation. I questioned everything that I'd ever gone through in my life. I started to scratch my head. One semester went by. I came home. I said, dad, I'm not going back. I hate it there. He said, son, did you get 
get a word from God? I said, no, I really didn't get anything. He said, then you're going to go back because you know God sent you there on purpose. I said, Dad, okay, I guess I will. I went back to IBC. It started, started all over again. Things were a little bit better at first, but then it was just like all hell broke loose in my life. I lost all of my friends. I felt like everyone turned away from me. I started coming home every weekend, every single service. I'd come back, I'd pray, I'd say, God, if there's any way that I don't have to go back, rapture, earthquake, lightning, tragic fire, anything. And time after time, I kept having to go back. And it was towards the end of the year, and I'd been talking with Dad, and I said, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, I'll tell you what, if at the end of this year, if you don't feel like you need to go back, it's okay. You don't have to. I said, okay. I w- went back. It was right at the end of the year. I was sitting in my room. I started to ask myself, what, what am I even doing here? God, what are you trying to do? I, I left. I drove downtown. I started to walk around. I was walking all around downtown, tears streaming down my face. I said, God, I know I look crazy right now crying in the middle of a bunch of strangers, but I'm just asking you, God, if if you've ever been in this, God, if any of this was even for a purpose, if I ever even heard your voice, God, I need a sign from you. I started walking down the street. I, I was looking down like this. I walked up into a building. All of a sudden, somebody ran into me. I said, I'm sorry. And I looked down at him and on a sheet. There was a man, and on his shoes was written Acts 2 and 38. I looked up at the man. He kind of looked homeless. I said, sir, and he said, I need to talk to you. I said, man, I, I, I don't even know who you are. And he said, I got a word for you. I said, okay. This homeless man took me over to a bench. I sat down with him. People were walking by. They were looking at him. Nobody wanted to talk to him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. He looked at me. He started to speak to me. He said, you're a student, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. He, and he said, son, I want you to know that everything that you've been through, every trial and every problem, he said, God's ordained every step everything that you've gone through to bring you to this point. I said, sir, why would God bring me to a Bible college? He said, God didn't bring you to a Bible college. God brought you to this bench. I said, you you want me to believe that everything that I've gone through was to get me to this bench right now? He said, you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. He said, but God has a word for you. He said, everything that you have been through has been ordained by God. He said, every trial and every struggle. He said, God has positioned you through your pain to inhabit your blessing and your promise. He said, and sir, I don't expect you to understand this. And he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, but I bless you in Jesus' name. I felt the Holy Ghost sweep through that park bench. Tears began to stream down my face. I started speaking in tongues. I didn't care who else was around. I looked back at the man and I said, sir, what's your name? He said, it doesn't really matter what my name is, does it? I said, but sir, who are you? He said, I just came here to bless you. He stood up and he walked off. I started walking the other way. I said, man, I've got to know who he is. I rounded the corner. We're gone. I looked out for the second time in my life that I'd ever experienced it. The man was gone. I couldn't find him anywhere. I came home from that, from that last semester at IBC. 
I came in. Things started to go okay. Everything started to get a little bit better. And then once again, struggle began to hit me. I looked at my mom. I said, Mom, why has God brought me back here? She said, Gentry, don't forget what the Lord spoke to you. Sitting on a park bench, I said, Mom, that was probably just some crazy homeless guy. She said, then why don't you put it to the test? She said, go back down to Indianapolis. I went down to Indianapolis at 11 o'clock at night. Walking through there, I said, all right, God, I need you to prove it to me one more time. I said, Lord, I need a word from you. I didn't get a word that night, but as I was walking by, I looked out across the street and standing on a corner with his hands in his pocket was the same man from when I was in Bible college. Acts 2 and 38 written on his shoes. He looked at me, he winked, he smiled, and he turned around and he walked off. I knew that day that the Holy Ghost had spoke something to me. That every trial and every struggle that I'd gone through all came down to one moment where the Lord sent somebody. You might ask me who the man was. As far as I'm concerned, it was an angel. And God sent the man there just to say, I bless you. There's somebody in this room tonight that you've been fighting hell in your life. You've been fighting sickness and disease. All hell's broken loose in your family and in your marriage. I hear the voice of the Lord. I feel the rushing wind of angels' wings slipping through this house tonight. And the voice of the Lord saying, I've come here to bless my people. Oh, I wonder if somebody would just receive it. Would you lift up your hands right where you're at? I wonder if you'd begin to lift up your voice high unto heaven and just begin to entertain the Holy Ghost that's sweeping through this house. the name of Jesus. The crazy thing about what you've been through is for the rest of your life, there's marks on you, there's things that have happened to you that you'll never forget. There's always a subtle reminder in the back of your head. The funny thing that I find in the scripture is that before God blessed Jacob, the Bible said that he touched the hollow of his thigh. And for the rest of Jacob's life, he walked with a limp. There's somebody in here that you've been through some things that everywhere you go, every morning you wake up, you feel the sickness come over you. You feel the pain in your body. You see, to everybody that ever saw Jacob for the rest of his life, or should I say saw Israel, they saw a man with a limp, and they viewed the limp as nothing but a handicap, but it reminded him, every day I've seen the face of God, and he blessed me. I want you to know that whether it's Sister Tiffany that was healed of cancer, or Brother Jason, whether you're still waiting on your miracle, whatever you might have been through, whether there's chaos going on in your marriage, that 
the repercussions, the things that you feel when you wake up, the problems that you deal with in your head, that the enemy would love for you to view them as a handicap of the spirit. God's saying, I've just sent them as a reminder to you to say, you saw my face and I bless you. And I want you to know in this house, maybe I'm not preaching to everybody. Maybe this isn't the best sermon that you've ever heard. But I want you to know that God has positioned you through pain and through adversity and through trial and through struggle. Because there is power and positioning and blessing through the pain of your life and through the pain of what you've gone through. And I want you to know that you have not been through everything that you've been through in vain. But God has said, I have brought you through hell and I've brought you back not so that you would live handicapped, but so that you would live with a reminder that you saw my face and I bless you. And I bless you. Would you stand to your feet? Would you lift up your hands all over this house? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's a sweeping wind of the Holy Ghost moving through this house. And God's come here today to restore to someone that ever let you know that everything that's happened in your life, that God has brought you to this point, not to harm you, not to handicap you, not to hurt you, but God has brought you here to bless you. There's a blessing from the Holy Ghost that's in this house, and it's for whosoever will. It's for whosoever will. Sister Tiffany, you didn't ask the Lord to give you cancer, but let me ask you something. Did you find your blessing through it? Oh, yeah. She said, oh, yeah. Brother D, I saw you sitting back there tonight. Where you at, Brother D? I see you. You didn't ask the Lord to put you in a wheelchair, did you, Brother D? I said, you didn't ask the Lord to put you in a wheelchair, did you, Brother D? No, sir. No, sir, but can I ask you something? Have you ever been as close to God as you are right now? No, sir. No, sir. Sister Robin, you didn't ask for tragedy to strike your life, did you? You ever felt closer to God? Have you ever felt closer to God? Brother and Sister Emery, my youth pastors, I watched you guys go through hell and back. 
Brother Jason, I know you always have a lot of people say something to you from the pulpit, and I know you're sick of it. I love you. The Lord spoke something to me when I was trying to study three different times a day. Um, found myself on my face for you today. And I want you to know that God's not forgotten about you. He still sees you. There's a blessing in your struggle. There's a blessing in your struggle. And I want you to know that if watching your faithfulness hasn't blessed anybody, it's blessed me. And watching everything that you've been through, both of you, it's given me strength. I want you to know that God's not forgotten about you. You might feel a touch like Jacob in your hip, but one day it's just going to be a reminder of his faithfulness. It's just going to be a reminder. Oh. Oh. Brother Tom, you didn't ask God to break your back, did you? But every day it's a reminder of his blessings and his goodness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I see there's people in this house. people all over this house you fought so many things you fought so well you've prayed and you've cried and you ask God why I want you to know that there's so much blessing coming to you I didn't come here today to try to correct anything or fix anybody or come down on anybody but I came here to tell someone there's a Jacob blessing I said, there's a Jacob blessing for you. There's a Jacob blessing. These altars are open tonight. These altars are open. I wish we could all come down together. I wish we could all just come down together. Jordan, I've seen you. I've seen you up here in the last few services, brother. I know this is probably embarrassing the fire out of you, man. I've seen you up here the last few services. I've seen you praying and asking God. Heard you asking him why. But Jordan, God's let everything happen to this point because he wants to bless you. He wants to heal some things. I wish we could just turn this house into a house of prayer tonight. No, 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 no. Brother Finney, you didn't ask to be sick, but it's a reminder every day. It's a reminder every day. I wonder if we can just lift our hands up all over this house. All over this house. Come on, there's healing. There's healing in this house. Oh, yatahaya, no, 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 Oh, come on, come on. There's a blessing for somebody. There's a blessing for somebody. Brother Tom, I see you. See you sitting back there. I know you've been through a lot in your life. There's a blessing for you, Brother Tom.
In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, maybe, maybe it's not you I've been preaching to tonight. Why don't you just lay hands on someone? Why don't you just bind together with them? Come on, we're going to make it through this together. Come on, we're all, we're all going together. We're just a family. I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing. Oh, yeah. My cup's overflowing. <laughs> No weapon can harm me. No, I won't fear. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before. Come on, there's some things happening in the Holy Ghost tonight. Defender behind me. Oh, I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing. My cup's overflowing. Come on, somebody reach out to him tonight. Reach out to him tonight. No weapon can harm me. I won't fear. Oh, come on, somebody reach out. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me.
Lord is my shepherd. Come on. He goes before me. Defender behind me. How Lift up your hands and say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am not alone. I'm not alone. He's my comfort. Always hold me close. Say, Hallelujah. understand that sometimes he has to position you through the pain that you've gone through. When you understand, when you quit being angry, when you leave all the anger, all the resentment, all the doubt behind and you understand that everything in your life has been on purpose, then you open yourself up for a miracle. Come on, I said you open yourself up for a miracle. Ask you tonight, you're in this house, healing, financial, marriage, family, whatever it is. You need a miracle. I just want you to just lift up your hand real high. Just real high. Real high. Don't be ashamed. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just push back the front. We're gonna push back the front. You need a miracle tonight. That's you. I just want you just to come down to the front. You just come down to the front if that was you, if you lifted up your hand that you really need a miracle tonight. Come on, don't be shy. All right, we got one honest person. Saw a lot of hands lifted. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's all right, we're just a family. That's good, man. Amen. Amen. I felt in the Holy Ghost that there was a two-part work that God wanted to do tonight. The first was emotional. I feel like he's already been doing that. And I felt like the second thing he wanted to do was for some people, he wanted to do a physical miracle tonight just to remind you that you're not on your own. You're not by yourself. He's not forgotten about you. But he's positioned you for a blessing. So here's what we're going to do. All our praise singers are going to come up here real fast. I'm going to ask you, you need a miracle. I just want you just to lift up your hands real high. 
real high. And I'm going to ask if there's someone beside you with their hands up. I want you, I want you to go where they're at real quick. Dylan's going to come up here and help me. Somebody, somebody that needs a miracle with their hands up. I'm going to lift them up real high. Dylan's just going to speak a word of faith tonight. We know what to do. We know how to respond to this. But I'm going to ask you tonight, don't respond to it as normal. Don't just let a short wave come over. But whatever your miracle is, whatever's going on, whatever you've been facing, whatever kind of trial that you're going through, you're going to get an answer tonight. Come on, I said you're getting an answer tonight. Come on, you're getting an answer tonight. We're going to try it again. You're getting your answer tonight. Oh, I wish you really believed it. I said you're getting your miracle tonight. If there's someone that needs a miracle with their hands lifted, I'm going to ask everybody to go lay hands on somebody. We're going to pray a prayer of faith. We're going to speak a word of faith. And we're just going to let God begin to heal. Are you ready for the word? I wonder if every hand could be lifted in the building right now. Can we lift our hands up to the Lord? Now, God, everything that we have been through was to position us for this moment right now. Every trial, every test, every sickness has positioned us in this building tonight. And by the authority of the Word of God, and by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak healing, I speak restoration, I speak deliverance by the authority of your Word and by the power of your name. Let healing come, let deliverance come, let salvation come in the name of Jesus. Somebody receive your healing right now. Someone receive your deliverance right now. 